0: Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshoppers. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation, and i let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show! Isn't it the most beautiful job in the world to enable people to play again? Talking about play, don't we forget to play when we are adults, even though it is the most normal thing in the world when we are children? I'll go even further. It could be disturbing if a child couldn't play. Because while playing, a child learns, evolves and solves problems by thinking creatively. So what happens to our creativity if we don't give it the space it needs? Today I welcome Manuel Grasla, a playful thinker and a playprunner. His mission is to unleash the creativity of people, teams and organisations by making them play again. Manuel is a workshop facilitator and trainer for methods like Lego Serious Play, Playmobil Pro or card-based tools, among others. In these episodes, you will learn what the difference between play and game is, how a facilitator can get his participants to engage in playful thinking, and what the benefits of such an experience are for the participants. I wish you a lot of fun by listening and hope you get a real taste for playing again. Hello, Manuel.
1: Hi, Nati. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. And you? How are you doing (laughs) in Austria?
1: In Austria, I'm doing quite good. It's a little bit cloudy outside, but sitting here with you, um, the mood is rising and rising.
0: Oh, nice. So, Manuel, when I looked to your LinkedIn profile, I see, I can read this. You are a playpreneur and playful thinker. And you teach people, teams and organizations, how to play again. So, it means your job is to play.
1: (laughs) My job is to enable people to play. So my daughter said at kindergarten, uh, my daddy pays people so he can play. And I said, well, you get something wrong. I'm getting paid so they can play. (laughs) This
0: is a great job, no?
1: (laughs) Perfect, perfect. I'm really looking for uh, the first job interview at school when my daughter is going to school and shares what his daddy is doing. Ah,
0: People won't believe her. I can read also that you are a playful thinker or a catalyst for a playful future. What does it mean?
1: I love to play my entire life, starting out from board games, moving toward in business to innovation, and all the sorts of when the business model canvas and design thinking arrived, I was thinking about, well, this looks like games for the business environment. So over time, I nourished my perspective on can we see business and what we are doing as a play for endeavor. And from that, the term playpreneur also was created, basically. It's a word that me and some fellow facilitators identify quite big with because we see ourselves as entrepreneurs. So we are doing stuff, but we are doing the stuff that we personally feel valuable. We feel purposeful and we are engaged with. And play is all about engagement, being engaged with an activity, with doing something. So being a playpreneur also means that you strongly feel inside yourself and follow your passion in a sense that, If it feels good to you, then it will probably be valuable to you and valuable to the market as well. And by that, we create value where we all have fun with, basically.
0: I can remember that before these recordings, we had a talk and you correct one of the words I used to talk about what you are doing. We talk about what the difference is between game and play. So I would love Uh. to hear again what you told me the last time.
1: Okay, I'm trying to recap. So basically, what I'm doing is workshop facilitation. So bringing playful methodologies into the business environment and helping people solve their complex problems in a playful manner. And recently, you also hear the term of gamification quite often, gamify your workshops and so on. Mm -hmm. And I have a distinct perspective on that because there is a quite good distinction between, especially in the English uh, English language, between the terms game and play. So if you play a game, you will agree to a pre-selected set of rules. Like if you play a board game or use a certain methodology, you have those rules. And usually games are played for the purpose of winning. So mm-hmm. it's not about the activity itself. It's about uh, reaching a title that is granted after the activity. So, for example, if we play a game of soccer, mm-hmm. then it's less about the activity of playing well together. It's more about winning and then being assigned the title of a winner. So the whole purpose of a game is mostly not within the game itself, but afterwards, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and so what happens in a game is that you usually know the participants and you know the players, If we stay with the the football example, you know who's playing on the field, basically. And other people are just observers, basically. And so playing a game is quite exclusive as well. So it's not including everyone. It's about we are the players and you are the people who observe. And as the goal for a game is to win, it somehow leads people into a direction of trying to win or finding the shortest path possible to get to that goal. So like hacking the game or probably also cheating mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. So those are connotations I have with term of the game and they love to play games, don't get me wrong. But I think if we're talking about the future of uh, our businesses and basically the future of humanity, it's not about playing a game who's the winner. It's basically about playing together and well played together. And what I mean by that is Play itself is like an activity that is pursued not for the sake of winning, but for the sake of the activity itself. So we are playing together because we enjoy playing together. We collaborate together because we enjoy collaborating together. We are making our rules on how to play well together. But if we feel that the rules are not suitable for what we try to achieve, we can just change it. Because yeah. the sole purpose of playing is to prolong the play, the play activity itself. As an example, it would be, I'd say, for example, Minecraft, Yeah. Uh, this computer game. Mm-hmm. People are not playing it for the sake of winning. They are playing it for the sake of growing, of building stuff, of creating new things. It's all about creativity, development, learning, and this kind of stuff. And we stay within this playful activity as long as we have resources, like We're getting tired, we run out of resources, out of energy, and so on. But the play itself or the activity is going on. So even if I log out from uh, Minecraft, it's still continuing because there will be people there playing all along. And the reason for that is that the players in a play for activity are usually known and unknown at the same time. So I know my crowd of people who I'm uh, playing together uh but there are other people out there in the world that are doing the same thing and i don't know them i don't even know they exist and so it's a constant fuel of people engaging with each other playing with each other and creating something new and i i think that those two definitions for its sake are quite helpful also in terms of workshop facilitation if i engage into with a company in a playful manner, then I will always know there are unknown people, unknown players to a topic, to a challenge that we can't know at the moment. But we always can seek outwards to bring people in, invite them to join in the conversation, in the activity, in that sense. Whereas seeing it from a game perspective, it would be like top-down strategy making, for example, where just a select exclusive few are allowed to join into the conversation about what will be the new strategy. And then they're just afterwards, they are the heroes because they created the vision and the strategy. And then they're pushing it down towards the organization and people are there to execute it, but not to have a say in the whole development of the strategy, for example. And so that's probably a quite good distinction between the two mindsets. And what's interesting is that James Cars wrote about that, about the finite and infinite games in this distinction, in the 70s, he was a play philosopher and was looking at the word on those two terms. Where do we play? Where do we have a game? And also Simon Sinek jumped on the bandwagon recently with his book, The Infinite Player, mm-hmm. uh, where he makes a distinction between those two things as well. And I find it quite interesting because it helps to observe the world with different lenses. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in, in, in politics and I'm touching quite broad topics right now, in politics, we see if there is an election going on, the different parties are in a game mode. They are trying to win. Mm -hmm. Who's coming out on top of the election? But as soon as the election is over, yeah, they have the winning title, but basically they need to shift their mindset to a more play approach or play for approach because they need to collaborate with the other parties anyway and work together to make something. And you can quite easily see if a country with its, its political parties is more in a game mode still after election, or is in a playful manner and trying to really push something and create something. And I see there's a big gap nowadays worldwide.
0: I'm just thinking when a company engaged me or booked me for a workshop facilitation to mm-hmm. help them to solve complex Problems or to make this copying of the project and align the teams. They are in a working thinking and they want to catch the problem and to solve it. And I sometimes wonder how to bring them to this playful thinking because managers are not used to go out from their working mode and uh, to accept to do other things to come to a goal. What is your advice for a facilitator to bring his participants to adopt this playful thinking?
1: When, when you're in this situation uh, and people try to work the system, it's basically they're playing a game. They want to get to the conclusion as fast as possible because Mm -hmm. it's about all about the results and not the process. Whereas play is all about the experience and the process process itself. And the outcome, while still valuable, is not an important factor at the moment. In order to get there and to bring people in this exploratory and creative mode of collaborating together, I usually first invite myself to play. So it's starting with me as a facilitator or with me as a person. If I'm there and... myself don't feel playful at the moment then it won't work to bring the people into that and to feel playful means to take things a little bit light with a tongue-in-cheek or with a grain of salt and some humor in that and not being about too strict about yourself so bringing in some let's say conviviality some humor about yourself and by that it's easier to engage people to this activity and to play with you and play is always a, an invitation So I can't force anyone to play. I can just create an environment and an invitation to get rid of the old thinking for now, just park it aside and let's explore this. Let's see what lies within the next activity that may be helpful for us because we can reflect afterwards all the time and then harvest the gems and the, the benefits we created or we found that may help us in our initial challenge while we are coming together. So that's one big thing. Another one is which you can adopt in everyday life anyways is like, don't lead with goals. Because as soon as you lead with goals, like we need to have a 10% sales increase or revenue increase or something like that, you are setting the system up for a game. Can we reach that goal in a sense? However, if you reframe the goal into a sort of question, let's say, how might we unleash our sales potential? You don't cap the people in thinking with 10%. Probably set them up for 5%, not the 10 that you initially expected, but you may also bring people towards thinking even further and say, well, okay, how can we increase our sales potential? We could even go to doubling our sales potential or something like that. So you're not creating this boundary or this goal. And by that, people won't know if they reached it or not, but they are open to answer a question. We are somehow somehow hardwired to want to answer questions when you hear one. And if you lead with open questions, you create up a new playing field at at first in their imagination and later on in, in real life as well. Yeah. And so that's... Two quite distinct uh, tips, I would say. There's probably one more. There are several more, but one more is like trust into your play activity. So if you have trust that something good will come out of that, and if you trust the people, that the people that are present there are the right people that are there, which is basically a good thing to do as a facilitator anyway, people will feel the trust. And they will more likely be open to engage with that and use the trust wisely.
0: I also recognize in one of my last workshop that when some of the people are starting the activity, the ones who were maybe not so amused about what is going on uh, are following and then there is this group effect. We asked the people to take some Legos to present the work they were doing. Some people react like hmm, Legos and then these were these people who had the most pleasure to do it and to run this activity So sometimes it can be surprising how the group effect impact the person who were not engaged from the beginning.
1: Definitely. So playfulness is contagious.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) You need to be really, really, really grumpy to not get infected by a playful mood surrounding yourself. Usually those people are those that are having the biggest insights for themselves. And say, well, okay, if I take it lightly, it's easier probably to assess a situation or to try something new and to express myself. And it's a safe environment. Playful workshop is important to create a safe and psychologically safe environment for people to show themselves to fail and to see that, hey, failure is just part of learning. It's nothing bad that happens. And you can do that by being embracing your own failures as a facilitator as well, making it safe for them. Uh, to fail as well. So leading by example.
0: If you'd like to join me for a podcast episode or discuss the challenges you face at work and how I can help, book a free call or send me an email. All the contact information is in the show notes and did you ever had a situation in a workshop where someone was not playing these activities or coming in this uh, playful thinking and how to catch them
1: actually really i had once the situation that a person just couldn't get into the mood couldn't open up to the activities i was offering to them and that's not much actually uh, given the amount of workshops I facilitated over the past years. And this was a workshop where we were doing a project status workshop about cooling pumps for nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. So this was a really serious topic with mm-hmm. 15 people um, across the whole project stakeholder system. And the project manager wanted to surprise the participants that he didn't say how we are going to do that. And he brought me in to facilitate the whole workshop with the help of LEGO Serious Play. And so when this specific person entered the room and saw all the LEGO bricks on the table, and he was coming carrying a big file or his stuff, uh, he was immediately like, oh my God, what's happening here? And the walls shut down. Then I asked him to say, well, first I thanked him for sharing immediately that he's not up to an activity like LEGO Serious Play. Mm-hmm. I invited him to stay just for an hour for the first introductory exercises and decide afterwards if it's still nothing for him or if he wants to contribute. Unfortunately, he wasn't open to that. And then mm-hmm. I said, Well, okay, that's totally fine. Here's the door. So I didn't throw him out, but I thanked him for sharing immediately his reservations he had. I offered an invitation. And when he refused the invitation, I said, Well, then you probably have a day off uh, and valuable time saved for yourself. Totally fine. Use it however you want to use it. We use our time here to assess the project with this playful methodology. Uh, It's totally fine for everybody um, because play is an invitation. Yeah. And so the other person needs to accept it. Exactly. Okay. And I didn't take this any personal or serious or anything while well, the project manager said, wow, why did he de- uh, didn't he do that? I said, hey, it's totally fine. You can't force anybody. And the people that are still here, that are open and eager to assess the project in a playful manner, they are the right people. This yeah. is a tiny fraction of a perspective. Okay, uh, sad we don't have that one, but it won't kill the project or anything.
0: And it won't kill the collaboration work on the no. other team
1: members. No. Yeah, No. And I guess it's about this lightheartedness that you bring in as a facilitator, it smooth is the, the, the whole process and creates the safe environment and say, so, well, OK, if he takes it easy, I can take it easy as well.
0: And I guess that some of your participants never had this way of working before. And I guess through all the workshops you did, you got a lot of feedback. What are the benefits coming out from such an experience for your participants? What are the
1: feedbacks? First feedback is, hey, it's really fun. And time flies. I didn't think that the two days are over already. So it's about uh, having a nice and good experience together. People are usually quite astounded about the output that can be generated with uh, Play for Activities. They wouldn't have thought about it before because they always thought play is something for children and not something to create meaning, to create uh, knowledge. Um, They're... Always happy about this reduction of hierarchies because everybody is the same in this workshop, even the boss. Everybody is the same fool or the same genius, however mm-hmm. you want to take it. So it makes it uh, safe for them to, to share with each other. So exactly with that, I had once the situation where we had a transformation workshop in a big bank with the C level down to the shop floor one person from the shop floor mentioned in the workshop, I'm working here for 20 years in this company and this is the first time ever that I talk to a C-level person. Wow. And that's something to say about the organization, about different things and also the safety and openness that has been created. And people usually, engage in the perspective change or in the change of perspective in the empathy that's happening in these kind of workshops and and trying out different roles and having this low-stake environment where they can try out things without any consequences and by that learning and, and developing new solutions and sometimes also the feedback comes well I need to embrace play more also in my private life and see how that affects me as a whole person because I bring not only my function into the workshop or into the situation, but me as a whole person with all my strengths, but also my flaws. And they may be a good source of inspiration for others to create something new.
0: You are a workshop facilitator, but you are also a trainer. So it might be interesting for facilitators to know how to learn the playful thinking, how to learn the methods and tactics. What kind of training are you giving
1: Okay, thank you for that. Um, yeah, well, actually, I was coming from the soul methodology and facilitator perspective and recently changed to this bigger mindset perspective of play and playfulness. And since then, me and my colleague, Matthias, started out to say, well, we need to train people first in methodologies and then into the mindset or vice versa. And we are actually training people into our approach and how we facilitate using the LEGO Series Play methodology. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-day training. We now start with trainings to Playmobil Pro methodology or the Playmobil Pro material, because basically it's not a methodology itself, but only the materials. And there we share with them how we use the material in the past three years, several client workshops and how to Use these tiny figures to unleash also role play within people who are not open to role play and this kind of stuff. We have a play for facilitation training, which can be attended either in person or also due to the pandemic in a remote or virtual setting where it also implies a little bit of how to use Maro to facilitate people, but all with the sense of how to make it playful, how to make it valuable. And based on that, we also created an ebook about uh, workshop design. Oh, cool. And how to design powerful workshops. And for those who are not eager to enter a training, we designed a card set for LEGO Series Play. The basic claim is like Lego Series Play in your pocket because we think that Lego Series Play is such a powerful methodology that it should be used much more often. And quite often when you want to use a methodology, you need to create a workshop upfront.
0: Yeah. But this
1: card set has eight distinct workshops in there to get started without any training. So everyone who wants to test out the methodology and make their own Meetings a little bit more playful can use these cards with some Lego bricks for people of up to four or five people and let the cards facilitate the process.
0: And for which kind of workshop is this set card? Ah,
1: So basically, based on my experience in business, I derived like eight general topics. What is in there? We have questions for innovation, Mm -hmm. for team building, for change. For identity, in the sense of brand identity or organizational identity, for problem solving, project kickoffs. What else is there? Um, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and two more. So
0: okay, <laughs> <laughs> where can we get these uh, set cards? I'm very interesting in this. Well,
1: the set cards can be obtained via our online shop, ManuelGrassler.com. Mm-hmm. There's an online shop. There's also a one pager. You probably can link it in the show notes. You can either buy the cards itself in German or in English, or you can also add in some small LEGO Series Play exploration kits, bags uh, for up to four people standard. And if people need more, they can contact me directly and I will be happy to sell more of those kits. Because usually if you buy those via the LEGO shop itself, you only get it in quantities of 100 pieces, Mm -hmm. which is... For most people, too much if they're starting out. Yeah. And so I'm selling it in smaller packages to people so they can get started and use this powerful methodology for themselves.
0: This is a a good thing to know. Thank you very much, Manuel, for all these inputs in this um, playful thinking. I'm very glad that you were here in the podcast. I will, of course, link the website and everything that might be interesting for our listeners in the show notes. Thank you to be my guest.
1: Thank you, Nati, for having me. It was really a pleasure to talk with you. And the 30 minutes flew like... Like like nothing. nothing. (laughs) No, really. It's like... Thank you. Thank you so much. And also thank you for your contribution you're doing with your podcast to the whole facilitation work. I find it a valuable resource to tap into and also to share with others. Thanks for doing that.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Manuel. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Don't hesitate to contact Manuel via LinkedIn or his website if you're interested in one of his training or in the card set he designed, especially for facilitators starting with the Lego Serious Play methodology. He is currently developing a new HR edition of The Cards, which will be released at the end of the first quarter of 2023. So follow him, I can only recommend his expertise and as a bonus, his extreme kindness. In the next episode, I have the immense joy of welcoming a great expert in design sprint facilitation, Many of you know her from the AJN Smart YouTube channel. Her name is Diz Carano. I had the pleasure to visit her in Berlin end of last year and we had a great conversation about facilitation and the mistakes some beginners facilitators tend to make and how to avoid them. So stay tuned and until then, I wish you
1: success, good health and happiness. Au revoir